Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. Surprise. Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. Fuck good. If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Sup, 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 Chuddle Club members. Welcome to another episode of Chuddle the Pod, a weekly horror movie podcast where horror movie lovers have a feel-goo time. <laughs> we always keep it spoiler-free up top, so you can decide whether or not you want to see the movie before, you know, spoilers drop. And this episode, we are going to Chuddle the Beyond from 1981. Ross couldn't make it tonight. He, uh is beyond <laughs> so <laughs> he's beyond haven't heard yeah. from him he went to go so, to louisiana and we haven't heard see. back so yeah he can't exactly. see and he can't see so he decided he can't see he could... anything his eyes look funny <laughs> um brian is here with us brian huh? hi oh there huh, it is huh, huh? Hey, Clint hi. trademark his trademarked huh but ross couldn't make it that's okay because we have rapper extraordinaire Horrorcore artist, hip hop maniac, poltergeist OD in the building. What up? What up? Hi. <laughs> oh, thank you. Welcome, for welcome, coming. welcome. Yes, welcome. Fanfare, noises, uh, air horns, <laughs> eruption, just goose oh, and eruptions, volcanic eruptions, goose. Oh, you're going to get a lot of goose. I mean, I can do that one. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Thanks for coming on. I feel like our orbits have been circling online for a while, and I know you're friends with the nightclub. We're trying to meet more people and have more people on, so I'm very happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I've been listening to the podcast for a while. The nightclub put me on to you guys. They're good boys. Oh, hey, thank you. And make sure, hey, also, listeners, like we said, horrorcore rapper, you got to check out his stuff. Everything is like uh, referential. I, I'm trying to think of the right word. There are so many. A lot of the songs are like themed for certain movies or characters or different things. And then the whole thing is just like reference after reference from these franchises or movies or whatever it is. So if you're a horror fan, you got to check it out. Obviously, if you're listening, you are a horror fan. Most likely. And uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the audience. So, right there. Uh, where can people? Are, I mean, Spotify. I know because I've listened to you on there. Where else can people find your stuff? I usually like to send people to YouTube to first check me out because I edit lyric videos using using footage from the movies. Mm. So, like, uh, like a lot of these references are pretty deep. So, yeah, I'm pretty deep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah, like. Uh, the videos really kind of like hammer in the references and like, you really kind of get what, what I'm trying to say and what's going on. Cause like I'll reference certain scenes or certain characters or whatever that you might not hear on first go on Spotify or whatever, but right. with the video, it, I kind of hold your hand through it. Sure. That's smart. That's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm also on all streaming platforms. Look up Poltergeist OD. You'll find me. Yeah. And then you'll be like, oh, shit. And you won't stop listening. Unless you hate me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're like listening to the wrong podcast, <laughs> which, right? Click off now, I guess. Or just let it play all the way and then 
download all the episodes, but you don't have to listen to them. But listen, before, download all his stuff. Listen to all. You don't have to like just just download and like put it on play somewhere. You don't have to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pull like, up. Just YouTube give some me all your money and go along. Yes, yeah, that's for, the perfect that, scenario. <laughs> actually, we should start closing the show with instead of a uh, avoid the time loop. Time it should give be, us just all your give money, all your and, go money away. and go away. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Okay. Before we continue, we must take this moment to thank our coven of patrons. Your sacrifice gives us life, and we thank your beautiful souls. We thank your souls. Now, with all club members present and accounted for, that a coven is avowed, it's time to crack open the goo book and officially begin tonight's meeting. Give me that goo. Oh, yeah. All right. First up, <laughs> give me that goo. First up, our spoiler-free goonopsis. It started with putting Chuttle wherever we could, but somehow Goo's taken goo. over. Goo, ever since Ross <laughs> just all of a sudden like started saying that. Saying that. And he's yeah, like, I've always nowhere. said that. And we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. A young woman inherits an old hotel in Louisiana where following a series of supernatural accidents... She learns that the building was built over one of the entrances to hell. That is Perfect. it right there. Perfect. That is, I mean, and that's the best way you can describe it. Because if you really tried to give any more, you'd get way too in the weeds. It'd get kind of confusing. So that's a nice little summary. I mean, that's, yeah, I think it could be like, yeah, no, I think it works. You're right. You're right. Because then we'll get into our taglines. Let's not imply that the movie isn't confusing, though. Yes. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. It might, might could add a little something about, uh, like, uh, metaphysical or something. We'll, something. We'll a get there. Something. All right. Here, there's a bunch of them. We'll see mm -hmm. if any of them are worth talking about. Our toe taglines for this one. Through the gates of hell, they came from the beyond. Or just from, and then it had the beyond the title. It, it, that, that was implied. Interesting. In so that, do you think that means the beyond <laughs> and hell are two different places? Because they're going through the gates of hell, and they came from I, the beyond. I think they do are two to, different places. Do you have to, like, is, seven, like, is hell in between our world and the beyond, so you have to go through hell? It's I think like, the beyond think is in between us and hell. Here is, uh, like, the gates and the destination are two different things. Like, hell, hell is the beyond, but the gate, it's like, uh, like, you go to a rich person's house, and you have to hit the little fucking Does button, it, okay. go through yeah. the gate. Yeah. The gate's not the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the gates of hell. Okay. Yeah. Wait. I get it. It now works. The, now the tagline confuses me more. All right. The living dead have taken possession. Nah. The flesh craving undead return to the land of the living and raise a little hell of their own. Which is kind of a little funny, but it's not, uh, I don't think, accurate for the movie. Doesn't sound scary. Certainly doesn't. It sounds more like it's going to be like a a comedy, like a horror comedy. They've they've come from uh to the land of the living to raise a little hell of their own. It's like a bunch of partying zombies, little return of living dead vibe or something. Beyond death, beyond evil, beyond the dreaded gates of hell. Eh, not bad. That's cool. From the director of Zombie Flesh Eaters comes H.P. Lovecraft's The Beyond. Sure. So that sounds like Lovecraft a DVD cover. Yeah, <laughs> it does. 
And it's it, he does have a story called From the Beyond. I just looked it up briefly, and it has nothing to do with this. So I think it's just title only inspiration. Mm-hmm. Next tagline: Horror Maestro Lucio Fulci's masterpiece of fear in the unknown. Fine. Don't go in unless you're ready to die. That one might be my favorite. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That one's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond this doorway lie the terrifying and unspeakable secrets of hell. No one who sees it lives it to describe it, and you shall live in darkness for all eternity. <laughs> That's wordy. There's too much. Yeah, there. wordy. Too long. Even inaccurate. No one who sees it lives to describe it. Don't the people who see it go blind and have funny looking eyes? But they. Can they live and then describe they, guess, it and have since been able and then to describe it yeah <laughs> maybe even paint it but perhaps <laughs> the last one the seven dreaded gateways to hell are concealed in seven curses places and from the day the gates of hell are open the dead will walk the earth great movies are made by people and the people that made this movie are it's directed by lucio fulci it was written by dardano sacchetti lucio fulci and Giorgio Marizuzo. <laughs> this is our last Italian movie as well. Oh, it is. Well, for the month, for mm-hmm. the theme, <laughs> for the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. We got a big cast in this one, but some of our key players in the film are Catherine McCall as Liza Merrill, David Warbeck as Dr. John McCabe, Sarah Keller as Emily, Veronica Lazar as Martha, Giampaolo Sacororo as Arthur, and Giovanni Di Nava. As Joe the Plumber. Fantastico. So, yeah. Those are all our people. I don't know anybody from anything. <laughs> I don't know anybody from <laughs> shit. Yeah. I, I mean, so, we haven't dove, dove much into Fulci, so I don't know if there's any recurring people that he uses or anything. Yeah, that's This is true. my first. One of these guys seemed like he may have been, but I, I didn't look it up. Well, all that said, let's see how nasty it gets. It's time for the Fatality. On a scale of 1 to 10, Psycho to the Sadness, how gory is this film? 1 through 5 for consistency, 1 through 5 for intensity, get your overall gore score. Gore what score. What are we thinking? It's gooey. Um, and it I mean, gooey. that's kind of the point of it, I think, <laughs> uh, to some extent. Surely, yeah. Uh, the intensities, I mean, what, what, what do you think? I'm going to probably give it almost a full 5. I think it's pretty intense. It's... Old school gore, but yeah, that's it's I so mean, intense. it's cool, it's it, it's a lot, yeah, yeah it, it there's is a intense. lot, and there's a lot. I of gave it, it a four for each at an eight, but I could be, I could move the intensity higher. <laughs> I can say it's a five and then maybe put the consistency at like a four, put it at a nine. That's what yeah. I'll do. That feels good. You got any thoughts? I'm gonna say five all Oh, ten, five across the board, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can, it is. It warrants it. I, I wouldn't argue <laughs> against that. <laughs> no, no reason not to. We're, we're like at a nine, be like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. Don't it's think uh, it, the. I mean, it's all practical effects too. Right. Some succeed more than others. Um, but it, it's great if you're if you're into gore and practical effects, definitely watch it. So, all yeah. right, next bit. Oh, next bit. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, starting with subgenres. What subgenres would you say the Beyond falls into? What, uh, poof, 
supernatural. <laughs> yeah, supernatural for sure. I mean, Italian Co- zombie. 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 Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A bit cosmic, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, because you can really throw that onto most things. Exactly. And <laughs> at this point, it's lost all meaning. Um, it's got that uh, sort of trans-dimensional thing going on, like uh, reality warping. It's the best way mm-hmm. I can put it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, I think a big thing, yeah, it's going to hit on, at this point, a kind of classic zombie-ish feel, demonic. Mm-hmm. At points, cultish because of books and stuff like that. Spooky haunted house ish. Oh yeah, there's haunted house stuff in there. Sure, eh, that's enough. That's enough for you. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, we don't need to go plumb in the depths of the subgenres here. What's the best environment to watch this in? I think with your friends would be you know hooting and hollering and having a good old time. Yeah, that's how I would have liked to have seen it. Hanging out, <laughs> watching it. In an empty house. Ooh. Oh. A creepy old, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like break into a house that's not finished oh. or a little too finished. <laughs> <laughs> Set up a screen and go, don't, don't break and enter. I, I don't condone it. But if you do things like that, maybe watch this movie while that, you're doing it. That'd be know. an interesting thing to do <laughs> to be That'd like, be like a mo- interesting movie club you just go to like abandoned places and set up like a projector and watch horror movies mm-hmm. let us know let us know if you do it <laughs> maybe and last tell on yourself last one we, we'll blur we'll it, blur something we won't tell who did it we just want to see you know sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll keep so- it all lower your, your voice pitch change Ooh. all that we want to interview like a southern rapper. We don't want to know who it was, just how it was. Exactly, exactly. I want to see a silhouette of like the back of your head and then a projected screen and some like insane asylum, old building somewhere. <laughs> anyway, it was scary. So uh-huh. Fuck. Watching something weird and then maybe there's a figure that moves in the background or something and that you didn't notice before. And just you sent it in now. It's the homeowner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> oh shit, I've seen this pretty good. <laughs> oh, okay. Mind if I join you? <laughs> oh man, the beyond? <laughs> fucking no fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way. I've seen this before. <laughs> please, please send that video in if that situation has happened to you. I'll tell the cops to turn around. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, is it for beginners? No. I would say no. Hell no. If you're like, hey, I'm getting into horror. What should I watch? I would not suggest the beyond. <laughs> Unless you're a dick. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> Unless you want that person not to be into horror. Yeah, it's, a little fur- are, it's further down the line, I would say. If someone's starting here and loves it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I just, it wouldn't be my first thought. It's not the way <laughs> to go. Agreed. Yeah. Fat, 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 fat. Look who's coming. It's the Chettle Harbinger of Doom. Fapping his way in. Whatever the noises we were. Yeah, he comes in. Um, I mean, this has got a lot of like really gooey stuff. stuff but I mean. Sure. I mean, to, it's it's a high gore. We already said that. I, I would that's... say maybe arachnophobic. Um, oh, might, yeah. If you have arachnophobia. Sure. <laughs> might get you. But I. I if you have things it's with eyes, sort of eyeballs, for the mo- otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. specifically. Well, if you have a thing with eyeballs, just don't watch Fulci. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, other than that, uh, a lot of a lot of standard, standard horror just, fare. Yep, just kind of right. amped up the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler zone. All right. Starting with IMD behind the scenes. Just a few here. The rest are sprinkled in. Dope. Bob Murawski of Grindhouse Releasing, who restored the film in 1998, is a film editor and used a shot from this film in the spider bite, says here, dream sequence in Spider-Man 2002. So I guess there's a dream sequence in Spider-Man and it's got mm-hmm. a shot from this movie in here which is wild i haven't gone back i, I read that trivia and i'm very curious to see that well wasn't that sam raimi it, it was, was yeah so it makes sense absolutely well, yeah. well, it yeah. make sense. and he does have like this weird little fever dream i think like after the you know the night after it happens and then he I wakes up buff the next what morning. it is you know but yeah I mean? no i'm like, very what curious clip did they use <laughs> right because that seems like forever <laughs> A nose is being ripped off by a spider. <laughs> right. <laughs> Swedish rock band Europe, who we all know for the final countdown, you based do. the song <laughs> Seven Doors Hotel from their first album on this film. The lyrics are a basic retelling of the plot of the film. So it probably doesn't make much sense. And the song became a big hit in Japan and is still a popular track oh. at their live shows. So turns out they have more than one song. I have a song about the beyond. <laughs> <laughs> That's big in Japan. That's a very yeah. Japan <laughs> thing to you to do. I don't know. Big in Japan, you always big, hear about. Be like, yeah. Big, what, this, yeah. Europe is huge in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was funny when, when my wife and I went over there. It's like we heard like you would go into stores and the music they were playing was like old 90s, 2000 music. But it was like the smooth rock and like just kind of like my wife said the the shit that her parents listened to in the 90s and 2000s so it was like stuff you recognize but just slightly different like dave just, matthews band i don't think dave was playing <laughs> Fulci decided to no longer work for italian distributors who produced his film zombie due to their title fiasco trying to cash in on success of dawn of the dead he approached Medusa Distribuzon, where he intended the film to be a purely medical physical horror film with only the villain Schweik being a zombie. However, the executives insisted on a zombie rampage somewhere in the film's climax due to zombie being such a massive hit worldwide. Fulci was hesitant at first, but agreed after being promised creative control over everything else in the film. Very much like Zombie, the film was renamed in Germany and the United States. Unlike Zombie, the titles were original and not intended to cash in on other films. In Germany, it was called The Ghost Town of Zombies. In the United States, it was briefly called Seven Doors of Death. And that incarnation had a whole new score. So, the zombies that we see in this were kind of, they were like, listen, you have to put zombies in your movie. Gotcha. That's why we get so many. Who picked it? History. Why are we doing it? I'm hosting because I host the Patreon episodes. This was a Patreon suggestion it was. from uh, Ricky Prejean, the Witchy Cajon. And he, uh, I was excited to pick a Fulci movie because I know none of us had. And I felt right. like when we were doing our Italian theme cycle, we needed to have a Fulci movie in there. 
Uh, I had never seen it before. I've watched it twice for this. And I actually watched uh, the other two Gates of Hell movies because I had the chance before this. Um, so I, I've been kind of fulci blasted recently, so to speak. <laughs> nice. I don't have much of a history with this one as well. Yeah. First time, right? First time. This is my third podcast about this movie specifically. <laughs> so you've seen it a, a few times then. Seen it a few times, yeah. How far yeah. does your history go back with it? Had you like did you see it when you were a young horror fan or anything? Or I think the first time I saw the trilogy six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So like fairly recent. Like I didn't watch it growing up or anything, right. but I've I, I I've probably seen it about six times since. Wow. Yeah, once a year. Annual pilgrimage to the gates of hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time to talk about this thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sepia, Louisiana, 1927. Men in paddle boats travel up river carrying torches. There's a big house. Apparently it's a hotel. A man is painting a creepy painting inside. Mm-hmm. We see his room number 36 behind him. As the men pull up in boats, more men pull up in cars. A woman picks up a book called Abon. Is that how it said? Ibon? Ebon? We say Abon. Nilbog! Nilbog. Oh my god. Nobi. (laughs) (laughs) Abon, that's Nobi spelled backwards. (laughs) This is their kingdom. (laughs) She reads from it. It's a collection of prophecies. Now, this mm-hmm. book, the book of Avon, however you say it, is featured prominently throughout the film. Here's a little IMDb behind the scenes. It is the creation of American pulp fiction author, poet, and fine artist Clark Ashton Smith, and is a reoccurring text associates, associated with Cthulhu Mythos. The book, which deals with various arcane subjects, including the resurrection of the dead, demonic magic, parallel dimensions, and other black magic subjects, is alleged to have been imparted to the infamous necromancer necromancer Abon by the ancient devil god Thothwila in a remote prehistoric <laughs> epic. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. The book was introduced in Smith's 1933 short story Ubisothla. So, there's some stuff for, you know, the people who are into Lovecraftian what Yeah, I kind of only half understood what you said there, but it was Lovecraftian, yeah. so I get the point. That's how I feel that's, about the beginning typical. of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> the mob of men go into the hotel and break into the room of the creepy painter. They surround him. One calls him a damn warmlock and then whips a chain that rips off a big old chunk of his cheek. Yeah, that's the first gnarly time we chain weapon. Yeah, we're like, oh, <laughs> nice. That's like looking good there. The painter is told, because of you, this hotel, this town will be cursed forever. Go back to the woman reading an Abon book. This is where we learn about the seven gates of hell and you shouldn't go near them. Back to the creepy painter and he is getting fucked up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The man, he warns the men the hotel is built on one of the seven gates of evil. Only he can save him. Cue dope-ass practical effects of gore. He's getting chunks whipped out of him, like his chest and arms and legs, and we just see a chain and flesh flying and blood gooing, Mm -hmm. and it's awesome. It is ripping and gooing for sure, and it's like the point of it, too, is like 
you get these shots of it happening and the camera will do like these like zoom ins to it and it like stays on these images for longer than what I'd say probably definitely for the time as well was was used to like you oh, don't yeah. like it was like zooming into really the sick. gore as opposed to you know like showing <laughs> a little bit and pulling away something real quick and leaving to you know your imagination or whatever and playing around with it so that was and you see that throughout the rest of the film too oh absolutely and uh so Gianetto de Rossi Gianetto de Rossi did all the practical effects for this movie and the other Gates of Hell movies done a lot with Fulci he's done a a lot of work. Um, he's passed away now. He died in 2021, but he, I think I had never heard his name before. Everybody talks about Fulci and how like gross it is, but it's cause of this guy. So he definitely, <laughs> I wanted to mention him and this is good a time as any. So he's getting the chunks whipped out of him. He gets nailed to mm-hmm. a wall. We see it go through his forearms. It, the, again, the practical effects are great because it looks like it's happening to him. <laughs> yeah. And then they start shoveling some sort of like muddy, acid, silty looking stuff. Not really sure him. what that was, but <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't good for him. <laughs> no <laughs> face starts melting we get the theme song and we watch that face melt for a while it feels like 30 seconds at least it's a long time it's melting and then the camera pulls off a melty face and we see a symbol on the wall next to him which will come up throughout the movie afterwards certainly and we get a quote woe be unto him that opens one of the seven gateways because through that gateway evil will invade the world Book catches on fire, title card, credits over fire. Boom, we're getting into it. Louisiana, 1981. Now in color, no longer in sepia. Yeah, thank God for that. The, yeah, <laughs> That's been a bold God. choice. Or the whole I movie was in sepia tone. <laughs> it would have been a bold choice, for sure. So the hotel is still there, but it appears like it's been abandoned for a while. A young woman has, it inherited, has inherited it. Liza, but she has no money to fix it up. Some consultant guy is there trying to get her to make improvements. She stops to say mm-hmm. hi to a painter. Painter says hi. Turns back to keep painting, and there's a blind woman in the window that scares him so bad he falls off backwards, landing on the ground. Starts bleeding out his mouth. <laughs> He's bleeding a lot. Enter Oka. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and then he... Next thing we know, he's inside on the couch, coughing up blood, bleeding all over the place, just screaming, the eyes, her eyes, the eyes, the eyes. Like, I mean, I know you can get seriously hurt from the height that he fell, but the height that he fell does not seem to warrant the amount of blood that is being produced. I don't know. I just... uh, Also... (laughs) He's like gushing blood from his face. And he's like, her eyes. Like, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking about her eyes. Right. No kidding. I'd be like, take me to a hospital. Not like, oh, yeah, send a doctor here to see what he thinks. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'd understand. Like it's- Don't they even say they're like, this guy needs a hospital? Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, That's the first thing the doctor's like, this, this, we, we, yeah, a hospital. That's is where what the we doctor need to be says going. when he gets there. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's I, exactly I, what happens. A, a strong jawed doctor arrives. I was going to say, I'd understand calling the doctor if like he fell and he wasn't gushing up the amount of blood that he is. Right. But since there's so much blood, wouldn't you immediately just be like, all right, hospital. Pretty clear. You need clear the me. hospital. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, just walk it off. He'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Somebody helps carry him to the doctor's car and he's going to take him, him to the hospital. And Yeah. Then Liza's talking to the consultant guy and they see that creepy painting that was being painted in 1927 mm-hmm. by the guy who was melted. Then Joe the plumber arrives. We had found it. We found out earlier that the water didn't work. They were waiting on a plumber. Joe the plumber arrives. Basement's totally flooded. He's here to check it out. Comes in. And then all of a sudden a creepy woman walks out of the darkness. Martha, apparently, who like... Whoever that is, I mean, I know now, obviously, just, but as far as he just comes with the house, yeah, yeah. what the storytelling <laughs> of it is just like, oh, creepy woman. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess she knows her, but she seems ominous because she created a pathway flooded through through the flooded basement just for Joe, and the way she says it is like, ooh, she's, yeah, but maybe setting him up for something. Part she did. The audience doesn't know this yet, but she did come with the house, so maybe she's feeding him to a demon or something. Mm. Joe seems, yeah, the realtor didn't explain that part. Yeah, no, they skipped it for sure. <laughs> Joe seems like he wants to bang Martha. He's giving her like, oh, hey, who's this lady? But she seems like she wants him dead. It's a very strange scene. But he heads <laughs> off to fix the plumbing. There's a lot of strange scenes. And yeah. <laughs> Martha is just a weirdo. We've I I made a note here of the shaky cam shot that's like following up the them up the spiral staircase mm-hmm. as they walk up. It was like he was like, oh, I can do pretty POV shots, but he cannot. So that's what we got. <laughs> Joe's in the basement tracing the source of the leak. Knocks down a brick wall in pursuit of the source. Finds a wall that the water is coming out from. And oh no, we see the the me- the symbol that we saw on the yes. melty face wall before is also on this wall. So we know troubles afoot. <laughs> Liza is upstairs. She finds someone named Arthur in her room who has not been introduced yet. Who who is Martha's son? So I guess it He's makes very, sense like, that they just sweaty you just run or into wet? them in rooms. Yeah. Very <laughs> both both. <laughs> there was one time when uh when I at a Comic Con it was the end of the day and some guy came up to the booth I was working and he, he was just drenched and I was like oh man it already started raining huh and he was like no this is sweat I was like, oh that man. is gross okay yeah but I can imagine <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this guy's dripping wet. Like most things in this movie, dripping wet, gooey, gross. Yeah, absolutely. Does Louisiana have a lot of basements? That's a great question. Right, because Florida <laughs> doesn't have any basements because we're so low to sea level. I would imagine Louisiana is on a similar Very swampy. Path there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very swampy. It seems like this place is that in is a swamp. swampy. <laughs> yeah, it can't have a basement. No way. Well, that's why it's flooded. Yeah, that's why it's flooded. Why is it flooded? Well, we built it on a swamp. <laughs> we built a basement in a swamp. What do you expect? <laughs> in the swamp, yeah. <laughs> so he says he was there looking for keys, and then also ominous. He's like, I heard a car pull up. Was it Joe? Also mm-hmm. seeming like part of some nefarious plot to kill Joe. 
So Joe touches the watery wall, it crumbles, and a hand pops out, and we get one of the gooeyest eyeball effects I've ever seen. It is so good the way the hand just digs in there behind the eye and pops it out. Oh yeah, that's definitely fun. Like yeah, all that, yeah. that all the the goo and the gore is is there, and it doesn't shy away from showing it. So that's definitely neat. Yeah, the the practical effects when they work like this are awesome, and even when they don't work, they're fun. I guess so I feel works in the frame of the film I guess yes Liza is driving down the very middle of the road she's not in a lane she <laughs> sees a blind woman and her dogs also standing in the middle of the road for some reason she keeps driving full speed until she gets really close and then slams on her brake right in front of him as you would yeah I guess so she was just trying to scare her maybe the blind woman uh, has these like what is, what are those like contacts that blind it's like maybe a white yellow with sort of a jagged red around it is that how you describe it i guess so they're really weird looking like you would think of it as they like are. being like a kind of like it's supposed to look like a whited out eye but it's yellowish with, yeah. yeah so the blind woman says you're eliza aren't you i'm emily i've been looking for you which is bullshit <laughs> it why is it bullshit? You have not been looking at anything. Oh, that's true. Oh. She's, <laughs> she's been sensing for her. Her dog's been looking. Dicky, isn't the dog's name Dicky? Dicky, yeah, it is Dicky. Yeah. It's like oh. he led me to the middle of the road here. Yeah, I've been searching for you. But they're they're like on a bridge. It looks like a really long fucking yeah, like over swamp area. It reminds me of the Everglades. Exactly. How did you? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's just very jarring. All of a sudden, she's a ghost. Well, yeah. Right? Or she's or like, she came whatever back she is. from this place. She went into yeah, the beyond and came back. Something what like I that. Presume. Yeah. We'll get into it. I guess maybe. So now Martha's searching the basement for Joe, and then we go back. Liza's giving Emily a ride home and is going in the house. If Liza asked how Emily knew her or why she was looking for her, we did not see that. They're just pals now. Oh, yeah, sure. Very strange. <laughs> Martha finds a fucked up Joe gooing out the mouth. Lots of gooing, foaming out the mouth. Like yeah. his insides are just bubbling out of him or something. Yeah, it looks like there's like bits of like, like imagine like bloody chunky jello coming out of someone's mouth, like bits of that mixed in there it's, it's very yeah. chunky <laughs> this is some chunky goo do you like your goo yeah, smooth chunky. or chunky <laughs> with pulp <laughs> so uh, Martha finds him like that doesn't seem to bother her at all she's like oh cool but then uh, gross corpse floats up out of the water which we later learn is Schweik and mm, uh, yeah. who is the creepy painter creepy painter warlock from the beginning um, at this point, as an audience member, I was like, who are Martha and Arthur and why are they here? Like, what, who are these characters? I mean, they, it doesn't explain. So now Emily is playing the movie theme on piano for Liza and telling, <laughs> <laughs> telling Liza, uh, she has to give up the hotel, but won't tell her why. Mm -hmm. Cut to the doctor, who I guess is some sort of corner or something we get a cool close-up of him sewing up a chest that looks pretty rad he is talking to presumably another doctor who's working on schweik's body that and he remarks that uh 
The corpse is in remarkably good shape for being dead 60 years. He's also got some sort of brainwave scanning machine that he wants to run on the corpse for some reason. And Dr. McCabe's like, all right, cool. So I'm going to leave then. And this I thought was hilarious. I don't know if you guys noticed this. He walks out of the hospital, down the sidewalk, to his car, which is parked on the sidewalk, and gets in and drives away. Oh, no, I didn't notice. It's just... Yeah, they just... That's not how they park in Louisiana? Oh, it could be. <laughs> just It could be, but well, I, I doubt it. Going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the dude with his brainwave machine. That was definitely interesting because what is he doing trying to... He, it's like he has his own side project where he got this little machine and he's trying to figure out if brainwave activity after death or whatever. And yeah, that dude's totally parked on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after 60 years of death. Yeah, there's there's probably some brain activity going on in there. Right. Do you have like, a play in, Brian? Did you yeah, just skip yeah, to that? Yeah, I do. That literally just rolled up where he walks into his car that's parked right on the sidewalk. So that was hilarious. But yeah, the brainwave, like, why, why this candidate of all people? I feel like you'd be trying it with someone who's as freshly dead fresher? as possible fresher right. unless he's gotten so many good results from that he's like fuck it i'm gonna go for a 60 year old dead i dude, haven't like, had a chance to do yeah <laughs> might as well before. try it so he hooks the dude up right yeah well it but before he does that we see the mm. doctor pull up next to liza and honk at her um, yeah they're doing this so whole flirty thing they're gonna so. reconnect yeah. yeah now this new doctor guy hooked the brainwave scan up to the corpse but he gets beeps, calls, has to go away. And of course, as soon as he leaves, that little brainwave machine blinks a few times. It starts beeping. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a widow and her daughter arrive at the morgue. <laughs> the daughter waits outside while the weather goes in. And we learn, I guess, that it's Joe's widow because that's who she goes to. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to log a little complaint here. The camera shots with the brainwave monitor drive me insane. Because the camera's always moving from some sort of action to check on that. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have worked so much better if it was just a wide shot of all the action where the audience can see the brainwave monitor. So we're always kind of like distracted by it, looking, waiting for something to happen. Um, I think it just would have built the tension a lot better. I didn't notice particularly one way or another. Cause I, I mean, it wasn't jarring, I would say, specifically. The, the thing that happens next is the thing I'm more kind of curious and wondering sure. about. So Joe, Joe's <laughs> widow for, begins to cut some white fabric next to his body. Then it cuts to the daughter waiting outside. Now we're back to Joe's widow where apparently she has completely changed Joe and dressed him for burial in a full <laughs> suit in like half a second. Still don't know why she was cutting that cloth. She looks at or past the 60-year-old corpse, not quite sure, sees something that makes her scream. The scream sends her daughter running into the morgue and it somehow tipped a jar of acid and caused her to pass out on the ground under the acid, which then tips completely over, pouring all over in her face just in time for her daughter to find her. It just watch it slowly pour on this woman's face and get dissolved while the daughter watches. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And how you described it is makes perfect sense because i had no idea what the hell was happening why did this woman all of a sudden pass out fall on the floor and have acid on her face just just so no we idea. could see it i get it that's fine and was cool to look at <laughs> it's metaphysical horror that's just a hellgate doing a hellgate thing that's it's true hellgate hell- be hellgate but also like 
acid not wake you up? Well, right. I, why would she? It depends what happened to her. Because why did she fall asleep or pass out or faint at all? Like, it's unexplained. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. But it was enough to put her down that the acid wouldn't wake her up. It's faulty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the answer. It's faulty. So she just died on the spot. Yeah, she was, yeah it, she it was seemed like she dead. was already dead. And then we were just watching the acid do its work on a, on a dead head. So the daughter moves, her, uh, tries to look away from her mom, sees her dead dad, looks away from him, sees the Schweik corpse daddy over there. Then the acid melt from her mom's face is now gooing its way across the floor at the daughter. <laughs> yes, so she is. has to run away from that. She opens a door that's like corpse storage, I guess. So a corpse starts to fall on her. She screams and it freeze frames. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Did this girl just die now too? What is? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because yeah, we we cut away from that. Yeah, this is. It's beyond, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not looking. It's a hypothetical. Beyond explanation. Oh, perfect. That's the way to Built explain away anything here. Yeah. Built-in excuse. Liza and McCabe are at a bar getting to know each other. Liza tells him she inherited the hotel from an uncle that she didn't know. He asks if she's going to give it up because all the strange accidents that have been happening. But she says the hotel's all she got. She can't give it up. And this is when we learn that those weirdos, uh, Martha and Arthur, came with the hotel. And she can't fire them for some reason because of that uh, they were written into the, doctor, the, will, the will contract or something yes. this house is i guess i mean it could be i guess but i kind of figured that they came with the house i guess i wasn't as like i was like it's weird that they just showed up and we don't know who they are but i was like i guess they're just the house people caretakers of the sort that have yeah not I mean, done a very good job with the land out. if they are right <laughs> Cut to a funeral, and Emily is listening from a distance. Well, at the bar, the doctor gets a phone call. Yeah, yeah, where he clearly... How knew- do the people who make a phone call know the doctor's at that bar? That's a great question. <laughs> that's just where he goes. Right, that's why... Like, he it's must spend so much... Friday. If he's not at the hospital, he's at this bar, and they know just to call him there to call him in for surgery. He doesn't even go home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, right. yes, yes. So then it leads he us to have, the, that's his home number. <laughs> it's the, his emergency contact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you just need to have a few drinks, going to surgery. It's fine. Or whatever he does. He he it seems like he's already working with corpses, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Exactly. I that I did think about that. I was like, what if he's on call? I was like, Well, I guess he only works with dead people, so it's not gonna be that much of an emergency. Yeah, good point. Cut to the funeral. Emily is listening from a distance. Joe's daughter, Jill, is walking and crying. When zoom in, dramatic sting, she opens her eyes, and she is now blind. So her eyes have that strange, same strange look as Emily's. Is this, is this hysterical blindness? That's what I thought at this point. I was like, did she see something <laughs> so traumatic that she has now gone blind or whatever? But I, I guess think that is what it is, right? It almost seems that way, and but it's but it's and, it's not uh, phantom. I mean, it's real blindness, whereas. Presumably, hysterical blindness would be like in your head. I guess we'll talk about it more once we get to the end of the movie, and yeah, we'll bring it up again. It comes the back, eyes. our blindness. All right. Yes. Yeah, it sure does. 
So yeah, she's blind now. I <laughs> guess she saw beyond. Uh, I, whatever happened when that right. corpse almost fell on her in the freeze frame. Since then, she's gone blind. Emily is now at Liza's to scold her for not leaving. Um, she's like waiting there in the dark and she finds her and she's like, what are you still doing here? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I signed a leaf. What do you mean? What am I doing here? Yeah. Right? She's like, this is all I got. So she's like, well, I didn't want to have to tell you more, but I guess I will in order to get you to leave. She tells her 60 years ago, everyone in the hotel disappeared. A painter, Schweik, the creepy painter, you know, mm-hmm. we already established that. He found the opening or he had found a key to hell. Emily is about to tell Liza that the house was constructed on a gateway to hell, but suddenly she thinks someone else is in the room. There's like a presence. Presence. So she's moving around, um, and it turns out the source of the presence is the creepy painting. As soon as she touches it, the service bell, I guess, for room 36 goes off. Mm -hmm. And Emily's scared, and Liza's basically like, ah, none of this scares me. I'm from New York. Hey. Oh my god, that was hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, I lived in New York," which is yeah. a hilarious thing. But I'll bring it back to community another time. There, Britta in that show constantly says that line. I lived in New York oh, when she? anything like ridiculous happens. So right. That's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> well, and though for Eliza, it makes she would have have lived in New York in the seventies, which actually meant something. Yeah, it was a little rougher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily then runs her hand down the creepy painting and it cuts her hands. She screams and runs off into the night. <laughs> we get another inexplicable scene unless you guys can tell me why uh, Liza closes her eyes and pictures Emily running out of the door sort of on a loop before the scene ends. I have no clue what's going on there. Nope. No answer for you. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, right? Got to pad time a little bit here. (laughs) Liza breaks into room 36, finds the book of Abon. Then behind her, the wardrobe opens all by itself. So she inspects it, but there's nothing in there. Then she opens the bathroom, and right as she does, lightning strikes, and there's Schweik, corpse daddy himself, nailed against the wall. She freaks out, goes to run out the front door, but someone's there trying to get in. Oh, no. Oh, thank goodness. It's just Dr. McCabe. Yeah. There to save the day. She brings him upstairs to see Corpse King in the bathroom, but he's not there. Just the nails on the wall. They do look old, but it looks like rust, not blood. She tells McCabe about Emily, and he's like, there's no Emily. I know everyone around here. <laughs> yeah, this, this man is... <laughs> yeah, but he's a drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's always at the watering hole. He knows everyone. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where, Tracks. Where, where are they? Because when they're in like the city, it looks. I mean, I guess other places could look like New Orleans. I've only but, been to New Orleans. I think the bar in no particular, way knows right? Everybody in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just right. Just any of the city street shots do. I don't Even know a, what town is house, town, city, or whatever they're supposed to be in. It seems like it would have to be smaller, but I know what you mean. Like especially in that Small bar scene, could be like there is not a single Emily in this city. <laughs> we cast them out of here. We don't allow <laughs> Emilys here, actually. So he tells her there's no Emily. It, that she'd brought him upstairs. He's not there. Uh, the book of Abon is also missing. So both the things she had told him about aren't there anymore. Liza's now talking to the guy from the beginning, the hotel consultant, 
they're walking down the street. This is another thing where it looks New Orleans-ish to me. And uh, he's telling her he has all these plans for the hotel. Once she sees the Book of Avon in the window of a bookstore and rushes inside. But when she gets in, she kind of quizzically picks up the book and is looking all over it when uh, she hears a creepy high-pitched laugh. <laughs> it's the bookstore owner or employee or whatever. Just that guy owns laughing it. to himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says the book has sat there for two years and never sold. And I guess as audience, we kind of figure out this is not the book she saw in the window. It was the book of Avon, but when she rushed in and pick it up, it's something else. But we're never actually shown that. It's just, we're just told that. Right. So It's an Archie comic. That's why he was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Fucking Fulci. More like, okay. Arthur is going to patch the hole in the basement. Yeah, well, yeah what would... I don't know, to drive her mad. What would the point of her well, it seeing that and it not being it be? Well, not even that. Like, you would have thought we would have seen over her shoulder her pick up the book and that it was a totally different book. Like, like I think she says something about it being different. She yeah, does, but it's saying. confusing. Because yeah, there's... <laughs> there's no reason we would know it's a different book without her. I don't know. I just don't love it. Saying yeah. that. No, I think other than that, it is. Yeah, losing your mind, just adding more weirdness going on. Okay. Arthur yeah. is going to patch the hole in the basement, and we actually get a really cool shot of him like mixing the patch, and it slowly like pulls mm-hmm. out, and it's through the hole in the wall. It's one of the few things that I actually think like look nice camera work in this movie. Did you? I thought I thought I enjoyed the camera work. I think and it, I enjoyed what was happening. I wouldn't compare it or say it was the same as like what we were just watching with like an Argento or something Bala, like that. Yeah. But I I think. I enjoyed it. I think it feels Scenery's very a lot loose. <laughs> loose. Like we're just, uh, you know, uh, it is Grindhouse releasing. Like we're just moving through, like get footage and move on. Going through the motions, yeah. getting it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So now the hotel fixer upper guy is at the library. Uh, the li- here, Here's a little IMD behind the scenes. The librarian who goes out to lunch is Lucio Fulci. Okay. The hotel consultant climbs a tall ladder to get a book off the top shelf that has the blueprint for the hotel. He decides to open and read the book at the very top of the ladder for some reason. And lightning strikes. Uh, Well, before that, he looks at the blueprints, and I guess whatever they are is shocking because he says, what the? But then a bolt of lightning strikes Mm. that I guess he's a little scaredy pants because it makes him fall off the ladder onto his back, bonk his head on the hard floor, and then what comes next? <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> a, it's OSHA f- again. It's well, that was yes. OSHA again, but I don't know what OSHA would do about tarantulas. This is uh, this is unexpected. I don't know where they came from. They said it was a dream sequence in the trivia, like just only referred to it that way. I did not get that vibe at all. Yeah, I did not. As as a first time, no, it just this seems like he was... falls, and then a bunch of tarantulas come out of nowhere yeah. and just start crawling on they him. Crawl and then towards he's a- him. Wake. He's awake. Yeah, they crawl towards him, but there's like this strange, like crinkly sounds and squeaking sounds, and we almost hear moans in the background behind it or talking. This there's a few spiders that are clearly not real. Yep. A few of them are real, and then yep. there's like these big, like puppety ones moving along too. And it is—it's it, really it interesting. It is a minute. And a, 
I timed it. It's a minute and a half of their crawling from when they first appear to when they first take a bite. <laughs> it is a long time. Really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> that's a while. Yeah. That is a long ass time. It's a long time. I mean, that's the thing, like that I felt was like a lot of this movie was like all these like different kind of death scenes pasted together. Yeah. And that's what the focus was on is just like, let's really extend and focus on these like deaths well, here and we'll just throw the exposition is like smashed together and you get a lot of it quickly and not fully explained. And then, yeah, when you get to the gore scenes, they're like real lengthy. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't watch Fulci for the plot. I had never watched Fulci sure. before. Now I, I know now. <laughs> you watch Fulci for the eyeball stuff, right? Well, I knew I knew after I watched uh, City of the Living Dead what I was signing up for, but and right, and I I kind of got the vibe from it. That's what we. That's what was happening. Like I'm, I'm not watching it for the plot type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying it on that aspect, but some of it, yeah, it did feel like, yeah, that watching the spiders for a minute and a half was just a bit a lot. too long. But then we got to, then we get to the gooey bits, oh, the insides, whoa. the wow, the creamy butter, whatever is happening here. I did not know tarantulas could do this. Yeah, me neither. They're... I don't think they can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to find oh, thank out. God. But yeah, their jaws right. just... Maybe in New Orleans, they just have different t- tarantulas there. They're just hard as fuck. Oh yeah, they're different down here, cuh. <laughs> they're from New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Hey, I'm webbing here. Like, maybe these are... These are beyond tarantulas. Oh yeah, exactly. They're beyond tarantulas. Exactly. That's... Uh, so the, they can do ethic, that. They're plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. <laughs> I was thinking that too. So the uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, this goes on. Yeah, I so mean, now they, they start ripping them like apart with their jaws, biting in, and just like pulling pull his out, lip off, pulling off the lip, the nose. They pull oh, dude, bits of nose. his nose off, and you're seeing skin stretch out and blood splatter. Uh, they pull when they bite through his tongue, and his tongue starts swelling and everything. Uh-huh. Oh, Clarl in his mouth, pull out his tongue. This is gooey. when they're in there. The there's extra ghost goose sounds yeah. for the tongue, and it's like it's a in the mouth shot of like a tarantula in a mouth mm-hmm. um, perspective. God damn! I think it was some point in this movie. Oh, the eyes get bit out too. Yes, definitely. And like, yeah, like you said, the sound effects, all very squishy, gooey. You hear all that. That's very pronounced. I Mm -hmm. forget what scene was happening where you hear something like that. And I was like, they're really like pronouncing the squishiness of like something happening. Like it doesn't really sound. It was something that like, it was like eye blinking or something. Oh, sure. It doesn't really sound that loud, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like sitting here doing it to my, doing it to Trying myself. to hear your eyes blink. <laughs> no avail. <laughs> right? <laughs> you ever just sit around and try to hear your eyes blink? Oh, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> you ever just kick back, put on some Zeppelin and try and hear your eyes blink? Oh, it wasn't that kind of acid. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. I, that's what my days are filled with, so... It pans over to the blueprints that the the guy was there to look at, mm. and they slowly disappear from the page. Doctor McCabe is now outside Emily's house um, that we'd seen earlier with uh, Liza, but the fence is covered in cobwebs. The door's been nailed up. He has to force his way in. It's clearly been abandoned for decades. He does find the book of Avon there, and now we're 
back to the hotel. Martha's gone into room 36 to clean it. There's a fucking disgusting mm-hmm. bathtub that she just rolls up her sleeve and reaches down into, pulls out a big old nasty ball you of just, hair. And then you got to start somewhere and you got to do yeah, it. Just got to get in there. I would have put on a fucking like dishwashing the glove. Roof. I would have tried a lot of things before just sticking my bare hand into yeah. that. <laughs> So as it drains, Joe's corpse is revealed and he rises to attack her. And apparently he's also changed clothes because he's not in the suit that he had been dressed in. He's in like a blue button down now, a little more comfortable. (laughs) He grabs her by the face and shoves the back of her head through one of the nails on the wall. And the end of one of the nails, her eyeball sticks to it, pops out the front of her face. It is so fucking cool. Have you guys counted the eyeball scene in this movie? What's that, five? At this, this is our third, I want to say. Because we got, uh, we had the doctor, or not the doctor, we just had the tarantula biting one. And then we had the Joe. In the basement, Joe had the eyeball. Yeah, was there other really? Pre- I, I don't uh, remember. The, at this point, but yeah, I yeah, think there's the, three the, at this point, but that's a fucking lot, <laughs> and we're not done. <laughs> and, and yeah, like you said, this one's dope as hell. Like you get like oh it, that push onto the nail yeah. and then the pop out. Like if this was uh, at a different time, that would have been totally three D. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this should be remade in 3D or not even remade in 3D can they make a non 3D movie into 3D retroactively <laughs> yeah. make it yeah we'll, we'll be there one day if not perfect yeah it's it's going there <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I'll do it if we get there I don't think this will be the movie they go for <laughs> <laughs> it, maybe not the first one but Eventually, once that technology yeah. gets into the hands of like us <laughs> <laughs> We'll be putting so many dumb shit through that algorithm. The doctor is back at the morgue examining Schweik. He finds the symbol that we've seen throughout the movie on his gross corpsey arm mm-hmm. and then looks back to see the same symbol in the book of Avon. We now get some quote about how the dead will walk the earth. Emily is back at the hotel. Uh, we know there's somebody in the room, but she hasn't noticed yet, even though she noticed a presence earlier. It's not till her dog starts barking at something that she realizes someone's in there. The piano plays itself for a second. Oh, Dickie. And Emily's scared, moving around. We see that the Corpse King's in there. She starts yelling. She knows it's Swike, asks what he wants from her now. Suddenly she finds herself surrounded by corpses, screaming about how, or zombies, She's screaming about how she doesn't mm-hmm. want to go back. She doesn't. She did what was she was at. She never spoke. Don't take her back, please, please, please. Suddenly, Dickie comes to the rescue, starts attacking the zombies. He kind of goes off screen, so we're just seeing Emily huddling, scared. And well, yeah, she she's screaming at him to attack. She's like, Dickie, attack! Yeah. She sends him Absolutely. to attack the and. Also, this is the first point, maybe, where I'm making the connection that these are zombies, mm-hmm. I guess, to some extent. I, I, I still didn't really, it just seemed like these were weird supernatural occurrences and people were just dying and maybe kind of coming back. Oh, I thought of them brain as zombies or whatever, but because they're like animated corpses. So that's my first thought. I, guess. I don't know. I guess, I guess that's true. I guess maybe I just thought of them as. I guess maybe demonic because hell's thrown into it sure. so much and just like that took the the brainless zombiness out of it for me. But until obviously once we get into it after this point, we get a bunch more 
and it seems very clear that they're zombies. Yeah, I think once there's guns involved, that like on my first view, once there were guns involved, I'm like, oh, zombies. It felt like, and that seems like that's the scene that got like had to be put in or whatever. But but that's what then then it felt like, oh, now it does feel like a Romero zombie type of thing. And I guess yeah, is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't know how it how I feel about it on the overall. But that guy is whatever. We'll get to it. It's terrible. <laughs> Shooting. Shooting. Yeah, we will get to that. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Dickie's attacking the zombies. We're, we we don't see it, though. We're focused on Emily. Suddenly, Dickie stops barking. He comes back to Emily with blood on his head. She pets him, tells him he's a good boy. And then he rips out her throat and bites her ear off. Yeah, like as yeah, if he... going blind wasn't bad enough. Now she can't hear. Come on. Or... Speak or, live. or <laughs> speak or live yeah that's a good they, point they took out all yeah, of no. her senses <laughs> well so here's a here's a imd behind the scene many people have assumed emily's brutal death from her seeing eye dog biting her throat and ear off as gratuitous violence which is a staple in most of director fulci's films However, yeah. this was intended to be a visual, albeit gory, interpretation of the phrase, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Oh, okay. She was blinded from the view of hell, then she was killed in a brutal manner due to her warnings to Lisa. See that? Oh, that's totally. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. I mean, yeah. it's gross, but it's beautiful. Actually had some meaning this time. They're like, look, 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 look. we know most of it's gratuitous. This was gratuitous hey, hey. with meaning. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, I like it. Gregoogus. Gregoogus. Yeah. Well, well I, it's funny that th- I don't understand why that would be called out over anything else as being particularly gratuitous. I thought it was because it doesn't Well, because after the on that, to add on the ear is extra. You know what I mean? Sure. But compared to like, just, oh. I guess it's extra, but we did just watch somebody's face get torn apart by tarantulas. So I was like, this doesn't Good point. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Good I thought it was point. neat. I thought and it was like the, the, gets... the rips were awesome. The tears off of the head and then the, the, yeah, the blushing gut were fucking off. I just think they're neat. really G- cool. Giannetto de Rossi. Shout out. Shout yeah, out shout. Giannetto. Liza is in the basement when she is suddenly attacked by corpse Arthur. Yeah. She escapes and runs out of the basement and through the house when suddenly McCabe grabs her. Yay. Mm -hmm. He tells her Emily's house has been abandoned for 50 years. (gasps) She takes him to the basement where Arthur attacked her. And what do you know? Arthur's not there. No, Arthur. He asks Liza who she really is and tells her the hotel is one of the seven gateways of hell. Suddenly, the basement tunnel has a storm in it, complete with strong wind and lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Then it begins sprinkling blood. It's definitely not raining blood. It's like a few Drizzling blood? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that Slayer song. Drizzling blood! (laughs) They probably use the same pan flute that they use in this movie. To do oh, yeah, yeah. drizzling blood. <laughs> <laughs> the music. Yeah, I mean, you haven't mentioned the music. Like it. Like you got your Argento, and you got. Oh, some, I like, like the soundtrack or, for this one. Uh, well, exactly. I thought it's fun. It's like this weird. It's fun, jazzy, like 
contemporary-ish. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. There I, is a pan I, flute at times. Of the Gates of Hell, I do like the other two soundtracks more, but this one I do like too. They're all, they're all pretty strong, I'd say. I like the piano. Hell sucks, but the soundtrack is nice. It's pleasant. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have thought it would be the other kind of jazz. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like jazz jaz. <laughs> that's jazz. what they play in hell it's jazz just jazz 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 <laughs> they run upstairs as the basement collapses and the water flooding the basement turns to blood they pass the creepy painting as they run outside and the painting starts bleeding Ooh. as soon as they take off in john's car the hotel seems to be filled with corpses like we see just in all the as soon as they leave in all the windows like from outside window, we see corpses yeah. I thought that zombies. Was cool. I also, I guess, was thinking of them as corpses at this time and not zombies for some reason. My they note see, says corpses. <laughs> because they felt like they still retained their personality or whatever. They felt sentient in some aspect as opposed to like, that's the only reason why. Like, uh, I don't know. Plus, I, I feel know. like uh, just from like up until this point, we still have like a supernatural feel, not like zombies. That's it too. It doesn't feel like if one of these things bite me, I'm going to turn into a zombie type. Like, your tr traditional zombie, I guess what you think out of that, but that's supernatural. Yeah, like, supernatural. it's still paranormal right. up until this mm -hmm. point. So they're driving to the hospital, and they, it, they notice it's strange that all around town, they don't see anybody anywhere. There's no cars on the road. There's no people walking around. Not a soul in sight. Everybody's just parked on the sidewalks. <laughs> yeah. Cars just all on the sidewalks, as they should be. <laughs> like. So they're driving down the sidewalk to the hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's, that's the first no thing. People. All the pedestrians are dead. <laughs> dead, yeah. That's why you there's just... so many zombies. <laughs> oh, I like the idea that the, the doctor caused all this problem because he <laughs> he's just like been driving on the sidewalk the whole time. <laughs> uh, he's the key to hell, the doctor. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So they picked the wrong night to go. No, it's vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's like that's why he knows there's sorry. <laughs> they picked the wrong night to go to the corpse hospital. Yeah, yeah corpse hospital. Yeah, I I don't know what this hospital is because it seems like they only keep dead bodies there. It's where the doctor worked, but it doesn't. It's like a giant mortuary. I don't know. But they go to his office where he grabs a gun and tries to place a call. Meanwhile, Liza's hands are inexplicably covered in blood. Don't know what that is. She's just like looks down and is like John and shows him her bloody hands. <laughs> Then she backs up towards what I thought was a wall, but I guess it's a white colored glass window because a yeah. zombie punches through and grabs her. Still had corpse at this point in my notes. McCabe shoots her free. Uh, they run for the elevator. He stops to waste some bullets for a minute and the elevator door closes with only Liza inside. By the way, I don't know much about guns, but how many bullets can you put in that thing? Okay, yeah, that that's one uh, thing. Yes. Not a dozen or however many it was before he did it. Yeah. His infinity bullet gun until it runs out, until it doesn't again. Yeah. And then yes. his 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 need to shoot the chest, shoot an appendage, and then shoot the head. And then move on to the another zombie. And shoot the chest, shoot appendage, then shoot the head. <laughs> like, yeah, he just doesn't learn. He doesn't. As, as he has, he previously proclaimed it, he's like a man of science. Exactly. It's not like this happens once, twice, or three times. He does it like almost every time there's a zombie. It's yes. Like, okay. It's like if you gave a cat a gun. Yes. Yeah. Well, a cat might do better, to be honest. <laughs> I think a cat would learn. Like, yeah. Yeah. A cat would at least <laughs> notice a pattern. 
So and then McCabe needs to reload. He ducks inside a room. Okay. Now Liza is somehow down in the main morgue area from the beginning. And I don't know why, but Jill is in there, Joe's daughter, and she's in there sobbing on the floor. Uh, now, now we find McCabe, find Harris, who is his doctor friend from the beginning. Oh, He's yeah. He's hiding in the same room that uh, Dr. McCabe's hiding in when the zombies suddenly smash down the door. Now McCabe and Harris are making their way around when suddenly a hallway door with glass windows explode and shards, oh, hit, my God. shards from it fly into Harris's face. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> what happened? I did. I missed what caused this door to explode. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Just they just ex- turn around. It's yeah. It's just some death wind beyond uh, beyond force winds. That, yeah. uh We're on the forecast. So the the glass flies into his face, and there's clearly like two blood spurt points that they had in his face for the blood to splurt out. But the glass only hit one of them. So one of them has it spurting out. And the other one, the glass is in the cheek. And then like two and a half inches above in his forehead forehead. is where the blood is spurting from. Because they're like, look, we we had to get it right the first time. So it's in. Well, that was like a tiny piece of glass that shot all the way through that we didn't see. Oh, okay. It's like these bigger ones were stuck here. That was just in there deeper. Yeah, the the other big one in his cheek was holding all the blood in his face. Exactly. I mean, that's what they say. You're not supposed to, like, if you get, like, stabbed, you're not supposed to pull the thing out if it's, like, holding the blood in. I mean, keep the thing in there until you get to the hospital. (laughs) That knife's holding the blood blood. in. Keep the knife in. It's holding the blood. But, I mean, you might not get to the hospital right away if you're in this movie, though. Well... Yeah, well, this is the wrong hospital. This hospital is for dead people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why it's a hospital. We only With its elevator. People. <laughs> it's a little red blink, blinking light elevator. What's the, I? It zooms in on that little red light that above the elevator. Yeah, I don't know. I'm what like, that. I, I, I'm not of this time. Not how of elevators work? Eighty-one <laughs> in this morgue in Louisiana to understand the importance of the blinking red light, but. Needless to say, this is when we also, yeah, we get, I get the real feel of the zombies. There's a bunch of slow-moving, seemingly brainless yeah, corpses yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, especially because we've seen them get shot in the head, I think, and mm-hmm. go down that, that, that as yes. an audience that cues us in. But we get McCabe a whole bunch more making of his... terrible shots. Yeah. Yep. He's making his way down the hallway. Uh, the elevator appear, uh, opens and Liza and Jill are inside. So he goes in with them. They go to some other floor. Now they're running down a hall and McCabe is just shooting away, shooting more zombies, not doing it right, doing it right sometimes. Then Schweik, Corpse King zombie, comes out and boy, does he fuck this up. He just keeps shooting him in the body a few times, even though at this point he's seen it only work headshots like numerous, numerous times. And he also has no Jill. Then Jill, the little girl, then attacks Liza, and he has no problem blowing her fucking head off with one shot. One like, shot. He knew what to do right what away. What are the best headshots ever, by the way? Oh, it's amazing! Like it comes out of nowhere. Oh, the practical effects are. I mean, it blows off most of her head. It looks great. But the fact that he's shooting this corpse that he's only, yeah, it's just, come on, guy. Just everything else, everything else he's only been shooting in the arms and legs until he gets to the head. And then then this little girl girl pops up, he's like, headshot! (laughs) (laughs) Little girls! Streets, yeah. yeah. 
He's the only pedestrian. Yeah, it's a it's a cut sut plot from the movie, but yeah, he hates kids. Yeah, yeah. There was a deleted scene where he just really talks mm-hmm. about it. There's, There's a deleted a, scene dri- where he's driving down the school sidewalk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right, we could. So they he they're escaping. McCabe and Liza are running away. They run down some stairs and suddenly find themselves in Liza's flooded basement of the hotel. How did they oh, get shit. here? This naturally distresses them. <laughs> they w- <laughs> it does. <laughs> they walk down the foggy tunnel basement till they find themselves in a real life version of the creepy painting. Yes. They turn back to the basement, but it's gone. And if yeah. you were unsure about your feelings on Fulci before, I'll be interested in how you feel now. Here's some IMD behind the scenes for you. Okay. During the final scene in the Beyond's Abyss, the sand-covered bodies lying on the ground were actually stark naked street derelicts who were paid in alcohol. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> <laughs> how? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It makes me feel like I could do this. <laughs> you know what? Anybody could make it. I think I could make it. Make it. <laughs> I mean, if that's making it. I mean, honestly, like, if anything, this makes me more interested in. I'm going to use the mic for the alcohol. Why are we skipping the middleman? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think, uh, if anything, this makes me more interested in seeing like a biopic about Fulci making this movie or maybe just about him. I feel like he's almost an Ed Wood type character. I don't know right. why. No, I mean, that's a very interesting. I mean, I guess it the works to do gooey. for the scene. Was it necessary? I mean, looking at it, I guess you can really see that there, there are people there, but I feel with the way the effects that were. Real people there, but why wouldn't you just get an extra or something? Like, who knows? You know, it's the I, the Wikipedia movie trivia IMDb, but. Sure. It could, I mean, I it wouldn't shock me. So now we get. Our two leads, Liza and McCabe, they hold hands and run to the foreground where we see they have the strange blind eyes. Yep. For they are beyond. They suffer the blindness. <laughs> the liquor store. Narrator says something about a sea of darkness. Was that? The liquor store is the beyond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then now Probably Lisa smelled and terrible Liza on and set that day. McCabe. Oh yeah, oh, God! <laughs> like we we really want this to feel like hell. So it smells like liquor and bo and and then Liza and McCabe fade out of existence, and the landscape fades into the creepy painting. Yes, end movie. Yeah. Okay. You wanted so, to touch on something with the eyes, right? Yeah. So what what causes hysterical blindness for this matter? And because it, it seems like they get it once they go into hell. And it seems like it's seeing hell. I think it's w- witnessing the beyond. Yeah. Or hell or whatever it is. I figured it out. I figured it out. They all got pink eye from the hobos. I mean, that <laughs> they, they're like, we got to use it in the movie somehow. Uh, these, uh, our, our, all of our actors like, keep uh, developing this pink eye. <laughs> How are we? Yeah. Well, they, they only got it at the end and they liked it so much that they had to reshoot the other stuff. Oh, that's they true. Like, that, uh, yeah. The actress who played Emily, they're like, get over there. You got <laughs> a little like, fart in your eye. Well, it's, it sounds like Emily or whatever, she suffers. It sounds like she went to hell and came back. Is she the person reading from Avon in the beginning in sepia? I can't 
It's oh. hard for me to tell because it's sepia and she doesn't have the blind eyes. Right, beats me. I think so, yeah. But I think she might be. That would make sense. And then I guess Jill just, you know, kind of whenever the goo, mom goo is chasing her and all that stuff, whatever happened in that freeze frame, she saw the beyond too, is what I'm thinking. Mom goo is an excellent album title, by the way. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, mom goo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just confused as to, because yeah, it seems like, I don't know what causes the blindness it seems like you have to be in going into the beyond and or through the gates of hell whatever it is to this land yeah but some people have come back from it i don't know maybe they'll come i don't know who knows yeah it's how do you now. come back from the beyond yeah oh, apparently well, any final what's her name came back with a dog so i mean Schweik has to let you i guess <laughs> <laughs> the warlock all right uh do we have any final thoughts before we want to move on i do not I think I've gotten everything I had. <laughs> I'll, I'll say uh, it, it's this has been my first Fulci experience with this trilogy, but um, I'm not entirely sure he knows how to make movies, <laughs> but they end up being... Uh, <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they end up being like interesting enough and sort of strange enough to have their own charm. Or, I don't know. I'm not really sure where to land on it, but I, I yeah, I don't, I, he certainly, I don't think knows how to tell a story, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch more of his movies. So it's not, I'm not, you know, shitting on it either with that. You I think boom, we boom? can. Yep. Give me the boom, boom. All right. It is time to do our crematorium of questions. Let's do it. How would we survive this movie? I put, we would not. I don't I don't know quite what it is, so I certainly don't know how to beat it. It seems like before they go into the beyond, they're the only people even left around. So, right. I mean, because <laughs> you're either going to experience your, an eyeball popping, face ripping, something like that, or you're going to be walking yep. along on the sidewalk and get hit by a car. <laughs> so I don't okay think. I figured it out oh. don't move to New Orleans okay sure don't buy a shitty house that's true Wait, oh, okay don't but, don't go ahead mess with that even if you inherit it or whatever however you get this house if it's a house in Louisiana with a basement don't do anything that's oh, us yeah. that's get magic out of that. right off the bat yeah red flag <laughs> <laughs> that basement that's, how, get, if that's already house, some if the house comes with people sell Ooh. it immediately yeah 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 wait comes. wait yeah read the contract read the contract and see if there's any people Fine that print. you're going to be inheriting yep. along with the house <laughs> that you can't so, fire that you can't fire just be, maybe i don't need this house uh, maybe look into the history a little bit that's or, true hell, hell even if hell may, huh. maybe listen to the blind girl who has some eerie like eerily knew who you were without meeting you that and, you found on randomly when no one else was around yeah. in the middle of the road on a bridge <laughs> told you horror stories My about your brought me to house. This bridge and said, <laughs> he says i'm looking for you right in this spot yeah I it's mean, like I a son of sam thing going on with her anyway so don't go to. How Louisiana. would you make th th this? is a fun one. How would you make the film gooier? Ooh, I, this is a rare. I would not. <laughs> yeah, can. <laughs> 
I mean, even the sound effects are gooey. Exactly. There's extra, like I'm saying, like eye blinking makes gooey noises in this movie. So everything's pretty much there. I mean, you could have yeah. Yeah, this movie. Gooey plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. this would go on. Yeah, this would go on goo plus. This goo would be TV. like. <laughs> this would now don't. streaming on goo plus beyond <laughs> beyond the it's the goo plus edition because it's going to be so it starts as the movie starts everyone is just slowly seeping out goo from themselves more and more okay so you just, i'm sorry we only have beyond goo here exactly it's like the movie started they've already been gooed and we just go from there I actually do have a way to make it gooier. I would just I would keep everything there, but the the effects that don't quite work, I would just make them look a little better. <laughs> what was That's all you need? Which one don't that work? Yeah, which one did you uh, say? I think the face melt, both face meltings. Um, I don't think totally work, and uh, some of the tarantula scene I think doesn't totally work. Just have just have everybody sweaty like that Comic Con guy. Oh yeah, everyone should be super oh, yeah, sweaty yeah, yeah. and wet there and moist. Get Jeff Goldblum in there. <laughs> like, make a comment about how it it hasn't been raining. <laughs> it's just drizzling. And drizzling yeah. blood. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, just drizzled in blood a little bit. There That's, you go. Drizzling blood is the uh, the like. Uh, Richard Cheese of Slayer covers. What do you call that? Lounge music. Lounge. Blood with pants lounge Slayer. I'm so fucking happy that you guys know who Richard Cheese is. I was just listening <laughs> to some Richard Cheese the other day. <laughs> Were you? I mean, honestly, one of my favorite artists. Yeah, I think people so. people probably don't know that about me since I'm a horrorcore rapper, but I fucking love right? Richard Cheese. I mean, it works. Th- I'm glad we, get, we we got something new. Or yeah. <laughs> I think it came exclusive. He came onto my radar definitely with like Dawn of the Dead. Is Dawn of the, the Dead, absolutely. Dawn yep. of the Dead That's, was one too. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people got turned on to the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Villain level one through ten, power level one through five, iconography one through five. What's the villain? Is it the painter so guy? I, so I did, yeah, the corpsey version of him. I did it for my iconography. Okay. Um, and I think he looks pretty cool. Yeah. So I gave it a three. Um, and then power level seems pretty fucking infinite. So I gave it a five. So the eight powers of hell, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Once it gets unleashed, it's it's pretty powerful. I think five. And yeah, you said a three for iconography. Yeah, I I'll agree with that. I mean, just because I don't see an argument what for any more or less. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> an eight i'm gonna say the same let's just let's just keep it simple across the board i think that makes Perfect. sense that's still pretty strong it is strong it's very mm-hmm. strong it's beyond strong <laughs> <laughs> plant-based strong <laughs> <laughs> should it have a sequel and what is your sequel i don't think it needs a sequel and partially because it's part of the gates of hell trilogy which aren't they're only related like thematically and maybe they're all kind of around gates of hell you could say but um if there was a sequel fuck it would have to be in hell right i mean or, or i guess the only other thing you could do was uh, one of the other gates presumably that'd be cool just focus on another gate but i think at this point like it seems Vietnam like or something maybe this gate has been opened 
and then we just deal with it. I mean, it, it seems like it would turn into more of a traditional zombie survivor type of movie, but dealing with people not directly related to this, but trying to survive. I guess we don't take the characters, we just take the event as the spawning point and just build right. something with there. Maybe. If Beyond the Gate wasn't already a movie, I would say that'd be a pretty good title for a sequel. Right. Oh, we could have it be like a uh, an elite military team goes into the gates of hell. <laughs> and yeah. then it's, it's this like Predator. Weird. Yeah. But they were already blind. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. And when they go in, they can see. <laughs> it makes them unblind. <laughs> if you can see, you can comprehend hell or some shit. There we go. I don't know. Uh, when they go in, they get like daredevil powers. That, yes. They get some powers. They go in blind and they get, <laughs> they some, get some powers. Power. <laughs> <laughs> you Would know, you all the soundtrack or score? <laughs> elite blind what? commando teams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a good movie to me. <laughs> would you buy the soundtrack or score on vinyl? I said, yeah. I mean, I would. In the if scope I came of the, across yeah. it again, I'm not going. If I saw it at a record store, but I'm not looking it up online. Yeah, exactly. Depends. Is it called jazz jazz? I don't know. Right. So yeah, no, no jazz jazz. Truly hell music? This is hell jazz. <laughs> hell Which jazz. Is like... What sort of jazz do you like? Hell jazz. <laughs> Which is not what you think. It's not like jazz jazz. <laughs> no, not at all. Is anything action figure worthy? Oh, definitely. Spike. I would take Emily and her dog, actually. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun little set. Uh, I mean, our main... Yeah. Without the eyes or throat. Or they're removable. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Like the dog, definitely. like has like a like a mouth that can With open and close, throat. and you can yeah like <laughs> attach it to her and rip off flesh. That'd be fun. Yeah, for kids ages three and up. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think yeah. Our main zombie guy, he's gooey and cool and stuff. Some, uh, all of it. Yeah, it needs to have some sort of interactive feature, like a little pump that you can press so that like blood like shoots out of like any, any of the corpses out. could be fun. The dirty bathtub should be a figure. Ooh, the dirty bathtub set. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> what merch or prop would you want from the film? One of the tarantulas, I think. Absolutely, I had that on my list. One hundred percent. And the creepy painting. Dickie. Yeah, Dickie oh, would Dickie's be great. A good one. The creepy painting. Yes, that's a good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that would the creepy painting would probably be like number one, right? That that'd be good. <sighs> yes, but I, I, I it takes if, up a lot of real if estate. If I was given a choice of any, I yeah. would probably take a fake tarantula. <laughs> I think I might as well. It, it it it's cool enough to have on the film, but doesn't take up like a b- big wall space. Yeah. Now, if and I have like a, like a giant and room, what did it? The scene it's from is so wild. Yeah. If <laughs> right. I, totally. If I had more space, I w- I would go in my current environment. I mean, going tarantula in a perfect world, I'll take both. What else? I mean, <laughs> the service bell. Was that the what? The service bell. Oh yeah. Oh, th- oh god, that thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'd like turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> it would go yeah uh the i'll, I'll take the piano you know take a good mm. piano never hurt anybody <laughs> not sure that's true yeah i don't know about that but all right <laughs> no nah, i think some of those are good choices yeah 
the I'm book, maybe the, the book itself. That'd be cool. I, I, oh yeah, right. Avon. Avon. Yeah. That'd be a dope one with the tarantula A-bons. on top. There we go. I'm taking it. <laughs> Avon Connor. All right, it's time to it's time to stick our hands in a tarantula cage and offer up our fingers. On this show, we used to like to use a scale of zero to five fingers. Each finger represents a different quality about a movie. You can chop off half a finger as well as no fingers. These ratings are intended to be subjective on how we feel about it, not on whether or not it's objectively good or bad. That is true. Try guy, go ahead and start us off. Sure. Uh, engaging. Engaging is going to get a... Whew. I'm tough. I'm I'm stuck between a point five and a one because I'm pretty engaged with what's sure. going on. I'll I'll give it the one. Why not? Give it a one for engaging. I'm right. I'm watching what's going on. Then between stuff, you know, you can do without whatever. Uh sticky Sticky's gonna get a point five. I mean, I can think about definitely the tarantula scene and there's certain things that will stick with me, but it's primarily just mm-hmm. all those big death or gore Kitty scenes sounds. not so much yeah. about character or, or story this is sticking with me for this so 0. 0.5 i think is pretty good uh t-shirtable i guess it gets a one it, it's pretty t-shirtable and i wouldn't not wear a t-shirt for this i wouldn't like i i, I think the movie's good enough to be like yeah the beyond's cool but i mean the only way uh, it's that 0.75 <laughs> territory again. I guess I'm going to give it yeah. the one because the visuals are there. If you're wearing a t-shirt for it, it's going to be some pretty gory t-shirts. So it's probably going to look pretty cool. So give yeah. it the one. <laughs> uh, cockles, <laughs> um, 0.5. Because the gore and the special effects, while they're so cool, it's that's kind of all there is to it. And yeah, neat. So 0.5 and rewatchable. Yeah. <laughs> 0.5 as well. Um, I'd rewatch this again, but it's not at the top of the list. So what does that give me? What? Three, five, three, 3.5. Sounds Those great. Are... Something seems high, oh. but that sounds good. <laughs> 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 All right. I'll go next. We got engaging. I am going 0. 0.5. Uh, just because I kept finding myself in the non actiony violent bits, uh, not, paying that much attention Mm -hmm. um i like Mm. in order to because stuff isn't introduced very well you really have to like pay attention to follow it and i had a hard time doing that Mm -hmm. um sticky i'm actually gonna give a one there because even though i'm only gonna remember some of the violent bits most especially the tarantula scene I'm definitely going to fucking remember that. Like, there's no <laughs> way. And I'll probably think about it sometimes. Sure. So, uh, going one there. T-shirtable is only going to get a point five for me. Uh, mostly because I don't like it enough to wear a shirt for it. I don't think it'd have to be a really cool shirt. It's not... I do like it... I, if it was a cool shirt, I would definitely get it. Cool tie-dye, are you kidding me? I'd probably buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> but outside of that, those parameters, I'm not sure I would. Cockles will be 0.5 because that's just what they are, man. Yeah, man. Um, I do like the atmosphere. It's got a good... It is one of the... Actually, you know what? I'm going to throw it a one because it is more of a 0.75 than a... Right. 
And in that case, I like to sure. give it a higher score. So one there, rewatchable, 0.5. I'll watch it again someday for sure, but I'm not dying to come back to it. Probably for a podcast, maybe two other ones, and then I can catch up to Poltergeist OD. <laughs> but uh, that gives it a 3.5 out of 5, same as Brian's. That's what I gave the other two movies in Gates of Hell, so... Seems to be all right on track for me, which is good. You know, it, yeah. it, I, it's it's not a bad score. Certainly. And then uh, Ross, I think, text us his. Yeah, Brian, gave, you want to read those off for yeah. us? <clears throat> he said, engaging gets a one for me. It jumped from being engaging because of the plot and engaging because I wanted to see the crazy, the next crazy special effects gag. So yes. one sticky gets a 0.5 because I've watched this movie about three times and I've legit forgot plot points or entire scenes, but the gore is top notch. T-shirtable is a one. I would absolutely own an acid wash shirt of the morgue meltdown. Cockles gets a 0.5 hits the spot, but it doesn't eviscerate them. When you get used to Argento's cinematic touch, Fulci feels a lot rougher, but he does bounce it with his extremely creative deaths and special effects. Who knew you could get well your said. face eaten off by tarantulas? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Rewatchable also gets a 0.5 as well. It was a fun watch, but not as much as some of the uh, Fulci's other films. So that's a 3.5. And honestly, I had this in my head as a 3, but I'll stick with 3.5. It's a weird and wild ride that makes you feel like you did a little too much microdosing or huff some spores from the waterlogged basement of a hell pit. Well said, Ross. Thank that, you for That's that. how he does it. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Poetic. All right. <laughs> now, Poltergeist OD, before I ask you, because I'd like to hear yours on our scale to just see how it turns out. But before we do that, do you have an idea what your score would be if you weren't going to use it, if you were just to throw out your score for the movie? Four. Four? Okay. Yeah. Four feels good. All right. All right. Welcome through. Now we're going to chop off your fingers, starting with engaging. 0 0.5 or 1. Engaging gets a 0.5 for me because, uh, yeah, like the exact same thing you guys said. It's just plot points are fucking obsolete in a movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely it's uh they everything we've said about it we've hit on, on it a lot is just like uh it's kind of confusing and then there's this really awesome gore and then it's so confusing, confusing for a little bit gore. more <laughs> this yeah. work well as like a real mm -hmm. sure <laughs> real gore. yeah precisely uh sticky i'm gonna give sticky a one because i've seen the movie a million times and I would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of gore. So I think yeah. it's a one t-shirtable. Would you get a Definitely shirt for it? T-shirtable gets a one for me because I've seen some pretty sick beyond shirts and I'm sure I'll end up buying one one of these days. Mm -hmm. Like just even a shirt with Emily's face with her fucked up eyes. Like that's cool to me. Hell totally. Yeah. 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 The imagery is great. Cockles. How does it make you feel? How do you feel about it? I'm going to give a 0. 0.5 to that because it, <laughs> as many times <laughs> as I've seen and reviewed this movie, it's still, I don't know. I'm still just on the fence about some, some parts. Sure. <laughs> uh, makes sense to me. And lastly, rewatchable. How often are you going to return to it? It's another one for me. Mm-hmm. Another one. 
which gives wow. it a four out of five. The scale works. Oh, the scale Go is perfect. Scale. It's a perfect scale and scoring system. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay, let's see what the club had to say. Hopping in the Discord here. Anybody can hop in our Discord if you want to tell us some of your ratings for movies or just hang out with us. Brian and I are in there all the time. This one is from Ricky Prejean, the Witchy Cajon, who suggested that we watch this film. Engaging, one gross derpy plumber named Joe. Sticky, <laughs> one creepy pervert rummaging through our heroine, heroine's panty drawers. T-shirtable, one clumsy librarian covered in fake tarantulas. Mm. Cockles, one good doggo named Dicky. <laughs> Dicky did nothing wrong. Don't be mad at Dicky, please. <laughs> no, Dicky's cool. I'm fine with Dicky. <laughs> a shirt that says Dicky did nothing wrong. <laughs> that, that's a guess. Like, Dicky did nothing wrong. I want that one. Rewatchable. One sepia toned intro leading into one of my favorite film endings of all time. There's a reason this is one of my all-time favorites. When we talk about a film having that fulci ending, this is what we're talking about. Poetic, bleak, and cosmic as fuck. There's that cosmic. Yep. And then... And don't forget a bruh. A bruh. Ka. Bruh. Bruh. Ba. Ka. Ba. Gov. Bruv. Gov. Slough. Slough. And I'll be doing that on hell. All right. How we doing down here? They're Cajun, if you don't know. Listen to the Nightclub Podcast, everybody. Travis Max Alboon, the Witch Doctor of Doom. Engaging one. From the intro into the bayou to the outro and Cosmic Fulci Hell, fully engaged. Sticky one. Blind woman and two-faced dog. Spider space jazz death scene. Slow-moving zombie body shots. Smothered and trippy dream logic. I can't spell it all out, but yeah, it sticks. T-shirtable. One, I have a t-shirt. Trust me, it's t-shirtable. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Cockles. One, it's set in Louisiana. It involves opening a gateway to hell, and it's cosmetic as fuck. My cockles have been ravaged. Rewatchable. One, it's the one movie in the Gates of Hell trilogy I've seen the most, and I'd easily watch it again whenever. I am trapped there in that idiot blind god realm. So five from the from the nightclub. It's a ten. Of yeah. course. It's a cosmic ten. Yeah. I was expecting anything different. <laughs> no. So. Listen to the nightclub. If you haven't, you know what you should do. Go listen to the uh other Gates of Hell one that Poltergeist OD is on. Oh that's right. After this. Someone else will complete the trilogy out there, so go listen to that podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll tell the horror bandwagon to do the City of the Living Dead. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, that puts it as All right. a yeah, where does it stand in our goo book? <laughs> Three, five, five. five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I mean, we were just in this realm uh, last week with a classic horror story. So it's right there, too. Same with Bird with the Crystal Plumage. 3.5, 3.5, 3.5. Rec 2, New Year's wow. Evil, 3.5s. Yeah. So we ended our... This Italian movie. Mm -hmm. the, our Italian month has been a bunch of 3.5s. Yeah, I mean... What was Black Sat? A 3.0. Black Sabbath was three oh. a little bit lower. So yeah, I think it's it's sitting there in pretty good company. Yeah, boop. definitely. Boop boop doop. Well, that does it. We did it. We did the show. That's our show. We talked about everything. We did all the things. So at this point, we're gonna <laughs> say all the things about thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Shuttle Movie Club has made our episode. 
<laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> Follow Chuck on the pod <laughs> on Instagram and Slasher to stay up to date with the podcast. Follow at Ross Purvis, who couldn't be here on Instagram. He does tattoos in the Central Florida area. You should definitely go get tattooed by him. You can follow me, Shuttle the Sam, and Brian Shuttle the Brian on Letterboxd. If you want to see what other movies we're watching, jump in our Discord. Brian and I are in there all the time. Ross is in there from time to time. But be part of the community. Be part of the show. Just to make it easy for you, there's a link to all that in the description below. We definitely want to thank Poltergeist... OD for being here. I felt like poltergeist was the wrong word when I said it. Did you ever like say something and you're like, oh, I just said that wrong? And it's like, wait, no, no that was. You were doing it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when a word loses uh, meaning, semantic satiation, I think is the term. I got that empty man bubbling in the back of my head. I'm losing it here. You got Thanks this. for being here. Yeah, there poltergeist you go. Poltergeist OD. There you go. Thank you. Uh, yes. Are are you Poltergeist OD on all your socials? Yeah, I'm uh I'm usually Poltergeist underscore OD. If you can't find me just by searching Poltergeist OD, but usually just Poltergeist space OD, you'll find me. Great. And YouTube, everybody has YouTube. Go check them out yeah, on YouTube. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, whatever you use to stream music, I'm there. Should we play? Can we play one of your songs after the episode? You can play one of my songs whenever you want. Great. There we go. Well. Well, you'll you'll we'll hear it. a song at the end of this. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for being here. We did our stuff. Until next time, avoid the time loop. Ghostface, no trace. Police, won't chase. Those results you won't face. No. Catch a body, go cold case. Uh. Hang up on me again, you bitch. I'll cut you like a fucking fish. Bang. You just moved yourself off the list. Skewer you like a fucking pig. I'll cut your wrist for cut the shit. I've been craving something to spit. Got him in the kitchen yelling, get it up, get it up. Like you sucked a dick, yelling, cut like I'm about to. With a higher body count, too. You were tardy to the party, so I'm starting here without you. So, oh, that's your daughter hanging from a tree. I'ma be the top story, Gail. You got those headlines from me. Drop you like a snow bedrock. Home alone with that red dot. Should have been a headshot. Fuck you, Sydney Prescott. My, 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 must have fucked the wrong number. Why am I, my, still stuck in the gut? I'm a ghost, I'm a god, I'm one of the other. And now behind your slut of a mother. We can chat it up, but I'm seeing her. Things are bad enough between me and her. Can't be nothing to sweet as her. Stabbed up in a theater. Carnage candy fairy tale, they can't be very real. Who says they can't be? Sid, I made you a real life family. Look what I do with this mic. Just wait till you see what I can do with this knife. I'll make your life my favorite scary movie tonight. Welcome to the final act. Break your leg and try to keep your spine intact. Do every line of fact. Forget the past. The past will come back and bite your ass. Close range, I'm an ass kisser. Never change, I'm a bad tipper. Heard you got a new friend. Let's hope he's not a bad swimmer. Michael Jackson's thriller. I'ma pack him in a coffin. Sick of psychopathic killer. On him, Michael Matthew Lillard. On him. Might have to hurt you after curfew with a mask of work. You don't obey the rules. Well, that's too bad. Your ass will have to learn to. You hopeless fool. Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules. Throw the deuce, what a snap you from the shoulders up like a photo booth. Do you like scary movies? Yeah. I'm rated R like a pair of boobies. I cut the bitch out that she barely knew me. This shit wouldn't be fair to do it. Oh Try to find him with the lights on. Slice yeah. and dice him, I'm an icon. Fingers wrapped around her throat, nice and tight like a python. Try to name the culprit. My way with your throat slit. Took the highway through the bullshit, then I became a cult hit. How about that? How about that? You can never have sex. What? You can never drink and do drugs. Well, I'll be right back. I'll be right back.
All it takes is one incision to become a victim out of the darkness. Ain't that right? What the fuck you sniffing? This is not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween, baby. When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby. This is not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween.